Hello and welcome to Footsteps, a podcast hosted by High Desert United Methodist Church in Rio Rancho, where our mission is loving God, serving others, changing lives. My name is Bruce Packard, and today, in honor of Christmas, we're going to change the format a bit. Growing up, my father, a United Methodist minister, always read a Christmas story on Christmas Eve. We always looked forward to find out which story he was going to choose that year. In honor of the blessed event, and yes, my love for these stories, I have chosen to read The Littlest Angel by Charles Tazewell. I hope you enjoyed the story as much as I do. Once upon a time, oh, many, many years ago, as time is calculated by men, but only which was yesterday in the celestial calendar of heaven, there was, in paradise, a most miserable, thoroughly unhappy, and utterly dejected cherub, who was known throughout heaven as the littlest angel. He was exactly four years, six months, five days, seven hours, and forty-two minutes of age when he presented himself to the venerable gatekeeper and waited for admittance to the glorious kingdom of heaven. Standing defiantly, he tried to pretend that he wasn't at all impressed by the unearthly splendor and that he wasn't at all afraid. But his lower lip trembled, and a tear disgraced him by making a new furrow down his already tear-streaked face. Coming to a precipitous halt at the very tip of his small, freckled nose. But that wasn't all. While the kindly gatekeeper was entering his name in his great book, the littlest angel, having left home as usual without a handkerchief, endeavored to hide the telltale evidence by sniffling, a most unangelic sound which so unnerved the good gatekeeper that he did something he had never done before in all of eternity. He blotted the page. From that moment on, the heavenly peace was never quite the same, and the littlest angel soon became the despair of all the heavenly hosts. His shrill, air-splitting whistle resounded at all hours through the golden streets. It startled the patriarch prophets and disturbed their meditations. Yes, and on top of that, he inevitably and vociferously sang off-key at the singing practice of the heavenly choir spoiling its ethereal effect, and being so small that it seemed to take him twice as long as anyone else to get to the nightly prayers, the littlest angel always arrived late and knocked everyone's wings askew as he darted into his place. Although his behavior might have been overlooked, his appearance was even worse. It was first whispered among the cherubim and the seraphim, and then said aloud among the angels and archangels, that he didn't even look like an angel. And they were quite correct. He didn't. His halo was permanently tarnished where he held onto it with his one hot little hand when he ran. And he was always running. Even when he stood very still, it never behaved as a halo should. It was always slipping down over his right eye. Or his left eye. Or else, just for pure meanness, slipping off the back of his head and rolling away down the golden street just so he would have to chase after it. Yes, his wings were neither useful nor ornamental. All paradise held its breath when the littlest angel perched himself like a sparrow on the very edge of a cloud and prepared to take off. He would teeter this way and that way, but after much coaxing and a few false starts, he would shut both eyes, hold his freckled nose, count up to three hundred and three, and then hurl himself slowly into space. 
However, owing to the fact that he forgot to move his wings, the littlest angel always fell head over halo. It was also reported that whenever he was nervous, which was most of the time, he bit his wingtips. And anyone can easily understand why the littlest angel would have to be disciplined sooner or later. And so, on an eternal day of an eternal month in the eternal year, he was directed to present his small self before the angel of peace. The littlest angel combed his hair, dusted his wings, and donned an almost clean garment, and then, with a heavy heart, trudged his way to the place of judgment. He tried to postpone the ordeal by pausing a few moments to read the long lists of new arrivals, although all heaven knew he couldn't read a word. But at last he slowly approached a doorway on which was mounted a pair of golden scales, signifying that holy justice was dispensed within. To the littlest angel's great surprise, he heard a merry voice inside singing. The littlest angel removed his halo and breathed upon it heavily, then polished it upon his garment, which added nothing to his already untidy appearance, and then tiptoed in. The singer, who is known as the understanding angel, looked down at the small culprit, and the littlest angel instantly tried to make himself invisible by the ingenious process of pulling his head into his collar of his garment, very much like a snapping turtle. At that the singer laughed, a jolly, heartwarming sound, and said, Oh, so you're the one who's been making heaven so unheavenly. Come here, cherub, and tell me about it. The littlest angel ventured a look, first one eye and then the other eye. Suddenly, almost before he knew it, he was perched on the lap of the understanding angel and was explaining how very difficult it was for a boy who suddenly finds himself transformed into an angel. Yes, and no matter what archangels said, he only swung once. Well, twice. Oh, all right then. He swung three times on the golden gates. But that was just for something to do. That was the whole trouble. There wasn't anything for a small angel to do. He was very homesick. Oh, not the paradise wasn't beautiful, but earth was beautiful too, wasn't it, created by God himself? Why, there were trees to climb, and brooks to fish, and caves to play pirate chief in, the swimming hole, and sun, and rain, and dark, and dawn, and thick brown dust, so soft and warm beneath your feet. The understanding angel smiled, and in his eyes shone a memory of another small boy from long ago. Then he asked the littlest angel what would make him most happy in paradise. The cherub thought for a moment and whispered in his ear, There is a box. I left it under my bed back home. If only I could have that. The understanding angel nodded his head. You shall have it, he promised. And a fleet-winged heavenly messenger was instantly dispatched to bring the box to paradise. And then in those timeless days that followed, everyone wondered at the great change in the littlest angel. For among all the cherubs in God's kingdom, he was the most happy. His conduct and appearance were all that any angel could wish for. And it could be said, and truly said, that he flew like an angel. Then it came to pass that Jesus, Son of God, was to be born of Mary in Bethlehem. And as the glorious tidings spread through paradise, all the angels rejoiced, and their voices were lifted to herald the miracle of miracles, the coming of the Christ child. 
the angels and the archangels, the seraphim and the cherubim, the gatekeeper, the wingmaker, yes, and even the halo smith, put aside their usual task to prepare their gifts for the blessed infant, all but the littlest angel. He sat himself down in the topmost step of the golden stairs and anxiously waited for inspiration. What could he give that would be most acceptable to the Son of God? At one time he dreamed of composing a hymn of adoration, but the littlest angel was lacking in musical talent. Then he grew excited over writing a prayer, a prayer that would live forever in the hearts of men, because it would be the first prayer ever to be heard by the Christ child. But the littlest angel was too small to read or write. Oh, what could a small angel give that would please the holy infant? The time of miracles was very close at hand when the littlest angel at last decided on his gift. Then on the day of days, he proudly brought out from its hiding place behind a cloud and humbly placed it before the throne of God. It was only a small, rough, unsightly box, but inside were all those wonderful things that even the Christ child would treasure. A small, rough, unsightly box lying among all the other glorious gifts from all the angels of paradise, gifts of such radiant splendor and beauty that heaven and all the universe were lighted by their glory. And when the littlest angel saw this, he suddenly wished he might reclaim his shabby gift. It was ugly. It was worthless. If only he could hide it away from the sight of God before it was even noticed. But it was too late. The hand of God moved slowly over all the bright array of shining gifts, then paused, then dropped, then came to rest on the lowly gift of the littlest angel. And there before the eyes of God, the littlest angel trembled as the box was opened. And there before the eyes of God and all his heavenly hosts was what he offered to the Christ child. And what was his gift to the blessed infant? Well, there was a butterfly with golden wings captured one bright summer day in the hills of Jerusalem and a sky-blue egg from a bird's nest in the olive tree that stood to shade his mother's kitchen door. Yes, and two white stones found on the muddy bank where he and his friends had played like small brown beavers, and at the bottom of the box a limp, tooth-marked leather strap, once worn as a collar by the mongrel dog who had died as he had lived, in absolute love and infinite devotion. The littlest angel wept. Why had he ever thought the box was so wonderful? Why had he dreamed that such an utterly useless things would be loved by the blessed infant? He turned to run and hide, but he stumbled and fell, and with a cry and a clatter of halo, rolled in a ball to the very foot of the heavenly throne. There was an ominous sound in the celestial city, a silence complete and undisturbed save the sobbing of the littlest angel. Then suddenly the voice of God, like divine music, rose and swelled through paradise. The voice of God spoke, saying, Of all the gifts of all the angels, I find this small box pleased me most. Its contents are of the earth and of men. My son is born to be king of both. These are the things my son, too, will know and love and cherish and then regretfully will leave behind him when his task is done. I accept this gift in the name of the Christ child, Jesus, born of Mary, this night in Bethlehem. There was a breathless pause, and then the rough box of the littlest angel began to glow with a bright, unearthly light. 
Then the light became a lustrous flame, and the flame became a radiant brilliance that blinded the eyes of all the angels. None but the littlest angel saw it rise from its place before the throne of God. And he, and only he, watched it arc the firmament to stand and shed its clear, white, beckoning light over the stable where the Christ child was born. There it shone on the night of miracles, and its light was reflected down the centuries deep in the hearts of all mankind. Yet earthly eyes, blinded by its splendor, could never know that the lowly gift of the littlest angel was what men would forever call the shining star of Bethlehem. Thank you for joining us. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email them to footsteps.hdumc at gmail.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. We hope you will join us next time. Until then, we invite you to worship with us at High Desert United Methodist Church in Rio Rancho, in person if you are in the area, or at highdesertumc.org online. As Christmas approaches, we hope you will enjoy and share the blessings that Christ brings to the world. Merry Christmas.